0: Hello, and welcome to Blockchain Gaming World with me, John Jordan. In this episode, I talk to Alexander Larson, the Chief Operating Officer at Axie Infinity. We talk about how he got into blockchain games and how he became part of the Axie Infinity team. In particular, we talk a bit about how Axie Infinity is different to CryptoKitties in terms of how it deals with kind of breeding new in-game characters and how that reflects more generally in their approach to the value of in-game items. We talk a bit about the uh, future of the game. Uh, Notably, its land sale and how that will eventually allow an open world called Lunasia, which in the big vision will be operated and controlled uh, by players. We also talk about the blockchain infrastructure that underpins Axie Infinity and how that's changing from something that's Ethereum-focused using Metamask uh, and something that thanks to the use of the Loom network plasma chain, it's going to become uh, much less chain specific. Uh, first up for that will be the ability to hold your in-game assets, whether an Axie or the land in or on the Ethereum blockchain or, or Tron or EOS. So really fascinating talk uh, with someone who is involved in one of the most interesting blockchain games and the one with the most momentum. So I hope you enjoy it. Don't forget to give me any feedback or you can find me on Twitter at uh, blockchain gmg but thanks for listening don't forget to subscribe and i hope you enjoy the show hello so hello how are you uh, alexander Ah, oh,
1: hi john uh, yeah i'm fine i'm in uh, i'm in norway right now so it's been a lot of traveling for me lately i just came back from uh, hong kong where i was at Token 2049 with uh,
0: trung and
1: we also yeah talked to some interesting people over there Mm.
0: Seems to be the, the way for blockchain uh, in general, blockchain games at the moment. So, can you give us a bit of a background to kind of, I guess, how you got into this um, kind of sector, and specifically now your your chief operating officer at Axie Infinity. So, how 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 did you then? I don't know. Uh, how did you get involved with Axie Infinity as a, as a product?
1: Yeah, so it's a very uh, kind of interesting story. So. Uh, quickly about myself, I'm 32 years old, I come from Norway. I started out in the gaming industry, actually just as a player, I always played competitive games, uh, always loved winning. So Warcraft 3, Dota 1, Dota 2, like all national level uh, competitive gaming. Um, and then I kind of uh, stopped a little bit, but I was always always interested in gaming and always interested in trading digital assets. That's kind of where the blockchain interest came in. So. Started playing CryptoKitties actually from day one when that was uh, released. Uh, so I was streaming a little bit at the, the time as well. So I was actually the first person to ever stream uh, CryptoKitties. And it kind of uh, evolved from there. So when I look at CryptoKitties, I actually don't think that the key thing about CryptoKitties is the game itself. It was more the community and the fact that, like, how many strong people were in there. So that's where I actually met Jeff or Ghos as his name is uh, nickname is and also Trung. So they were also one of the like most influential people who played CryptoKitties, and that kind of explains it. So if you look at CryptoKitties from a, a perspective of how hard it was to actually play the game at the beginning, uh, it's made for a very gated community. And if you then go to the top of that community, you get some really really excellent people. Uh, so that's where I met those guys, and I was working for another gaming company at the time, um, and then. I was kind of advising out uh, on Axie Infinity since the beginning of it. Trump wanted me to to join uh, late in, I think, after the they kind of gained all this traction, sold all the Axie assets. Uh, I actually quit my Norwegian uh, job in a game company and uh, traveled to, to uh, Vietnam to be with the team uh, in May uh, 2018. So I've been traveling back and forth from Norway to Vietnam there. Is
0: it quite quite an interesting geographic kind of split (laughs) between Vietnam and Norway? (laughs) Yeah. Actually, my friends think that, my friends actually don't
1: understand anything really. Uh, So, yeah, being a little bit older, I think, than than a lot of the, the traditional people who work in like software development or at the beginning in startups, it doesn't really make much sense. But I thought that this is something that we can actually make a serious change here. And I think that NFTs and blockchain games are going to be just insanely big in the future. So why not actually try to burn the candle on both ends? So I actually have a girlfriend back here in Norway. We're kind of building a house. But even so, I figured that sometimes you can really kind of meet these genius level people. So a little bit of background on on Axie Infinity and the kind of talent that we have in the engineering team. So Trung is actually uh, uh, known in the ACM ICPC space, which is basically competitive programming. Um, so both he and our CTO, they they knew each other from that competitive uh, programming space. A lot of people from different kind of uh, bigger companies like Facebook and Google, they also come from, from this space. So that means that we can we have these really genius level technical people and we have also uh, good people on game design. Uh, so this is actually the first game that anyone in the team has actually created from scratch. So we're not traditional game designers at all. We're more of a tech company that kind of uh, wanted to create a game because it was was quite amazing it, it was an excellent opportunity and uh, kind of build on what kind of crypto kitties could have been should have been but they couldn't really capitalize on that which was really sad for a lot of us who were really into that community so we wanted to kind of take it from there and that's kind of the the, the key thing that happened so we wanted to build kind of a pokemon and tamagotchi thing uh, and it just really just the scope increased from there <laughs> as you can
0: imagine so I guess what's kind of interesting is is you're the COO, so you're kind of the more kind of business orientated kind of person in the team. Yeah, how, how how do you find that dealing with a you know a startup that's obviously very enthusiastic about this new space, what they're doing? Those seem like could be two quite different kind of attitudes. I mean, yeah. So as
1: a COO, I do a lot of very much different things. So I think my job is basically kind of shoring up the where Trung is not as strong. Uh, so yeah, a lot of it is on the business side, and also some on the marketing. I do some community-related stuff. Uh, I also present on different kind of uh, different kind of uh, conferences and these kind of things. But, yeah, it's a lot of a very diverse uh, day. No day is the same, really. Kind of putting out fires or yeah. Trying to increase the attention of Axie
0: Infinity on occasion. Okay, so let's let's dive in a bit more detail to, to the the product. So it very much started out as, um you know, uh Cryptokitties was this thing, a bit of a surprise maybe to the to Axie and Zen, um, and and it was obviously it wasn't really designed to be a game. There's another discussion we won't have it now about whether it's a game or not or whether it's a good game. Um, but but obviously someone people coming from more gaming backgrounds would go would immediately go there's an interesting something interesting going on here technologically and community wise we can do more more kind of game type stuff in there so when did how did the vision kind of start out because actually i came into it a bit late i suppose but it's gone through very distinct kind of stages of different kind of functionality being added and at the moment you're going through probably the biggest kind of addition or functionality that will take it to a very different sort of experience yeah so
1: as i said it started out similar to kind of pokemon and tamagotchi where the idea was that you take care of your axe you breed it with other axes so you can kind of uh, start a little bit of an axe army and then you can battle other players uh, earn experience point uh, earn experience points and level up your axes of course feed it uh, and that
0: kind of very like simple kind of gameplay I'll just stop you there because one kind of key difference you have is uh, the breeding mechanic is built into the battling so exactly you can only breed if you've if you've uh, battled your uh, axes to a certain level to get them up to they've got to collect the next amount of xp points in order to breed so you've kind of gated the breeding so that's quite different to a lot of other blockchain games where you can just breed as much as you like so can you dig into a little bit about why that was a uh, design choice
1: yeah so it's a conscious gameplay uh, decision that we needed to we saw how like such a i wouldn't make <laughs> yeah for me it's a disaster the the amount of kitties that actually exist in the kittyverse. Uh, just because it doesn't really, a lot of them are quite useless. uh, And people just kind of pay money. But I, I believe in actually like mining through playing And this is kind of the first way of doing that and by by saying that i need that people need to spend time actually increasing the value of their assets and the way they do that is actually playing battles or interacting with the ecosystem in another way Uh, so this is just kind of the the first step where you need to get xp and then we needed to kind of adjust the xp uh the amount of xp that people could get because we saw that a lot too many axes are coming into the ecosystem as well Uh, we know that uh, things need to have value they need to be a little bit scarce at least and that's kind of a, the design choice from the beginning, the, how we make uh, scarce assets. So, uh, And actually, we try to, we try to follow like the three, uh, the, this framework, which actually uh, Jeffrey or Jiho coined, which is basically that the assets, they need to be aesthetically beautiful, at least to an extent, to have value. They also need to have some utility, so they need to be stronger or weaker, it doesn't really matter, but some kind of utility so that you can do something with them. And if they're also scarce, well, very scarce, then you have this framework for value. And that's something that we, we see from the beginning. And we can't have that framework if we just let people spam, 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 and create all these useless assets. It is an interesting
0: argument, actually, because it's something that i have had with other people. And, it, and I guess it is this interesting kind of idea that we have with NFTs. NFTs are, uh, are seen as, I guess, for the whole blockchain sector at the moment, the place the most interesting place in terms of creating value. But there is, this, as you say, this have to have this kind of much more thoughtful view on how you create value. Um, and I don't think anyone has the right answer to it yet. I, I suppose um, the problem. So the problem I have with that with axes, um, not the problem I have. But I I, I play it on a very light level, and I have no idea. I can't tell which ones are valuable, <laughs> which ones aren't. Um, and I think that in, in general, I think that's probably the the problem at the moment because we're in such an early stage in kind of blockchain games is the look of them, the aesthetic looks is the obvious thing for most people who don't have a deep understanding of the game. So if I played axes more and battled them more. So I was talking to to Gabby um about this, and he's obviously you know really into axes, and he was telling me about it, and he said he spent a lot of time working out you know how you what are the valuable ones and and this kind of stuff. And for me, I'm just like you know, don't really get it. You know, for me, the, value, the valuable ones be are the ones that I would have spent more money siring or buying. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a um so so um anyway uh so in terms of uh where you are now, you kind of have you're, you're doing the next kind of big thing, which is taking the game um into a more I guess kind of I don't know what the term is, more persistent kind of state with this land kind of idea, which you've had for, you know, you've rolled these things out kind of iteratively. So can you explain a little bit about how how you've, you have these characters that you breed in battle, um, and now how, how does land fit into that, into the kind of the, the big vision?
1: Yeah, so so actually before I start there, I want to go a little bit back to what you said about uh, like how we can show that some assets are more valuable than others. And that's actually a direct thing of the marketplace. So when it comes to signaling, uh, it's something that we're doing a lot of research into, so that how can we actually allow people to, for example, see that something is valuable just by looking at it instantly. So when you look at a cha- champagne bottle, for example, you know by by the sign, basically, some dude has designed the way the champagne bottle looks that it's exclusive, right? Uh, it, it, it's just just way of the sign. So if we kind of can take it from there into a marketplace of Axie Infinity, and we can show people that this is the, how scarce it is, it's golden. It's got like a very, you can very easily see how many people uh, have this asset. I mean, that's the beginning. Um, And when when you're talking about the land, I think we kind of need to take another step back and see why we kind of went in this direction. So if you look at Axie Infinity, we, we started the game and then we saw that a lot of people are very interested in creating different kind of tools, extensions, they even want to create games on top of Axie Infinity. Um, And we saw that this was something that we needed to kind of, we needed to incentivize them even more. And from that perspective, we always had this idea of making a terrarium, which was basically an axie house. Uh, But then we kind of took it to the next level and decided that, well, if we place this house on land, it makes a whole lot sense, a lot more sense. And then we can have two different layers of gameplay. So, if you have this, as you mentioned, the persistent gameplay layer where people will be able to harvest resources, you can attack other players who have axes or who have a base, for example, this is of course speaking long time in the future, not necessarily coming even this year, but Uh, If you can actually have this kind of gameplay where you have a guild system, social level of gameplay, then it's quite easy to kind of go from there and then also make a virtual world where people can even create different kind of games using existing Axie assets, and then you can kind of monetize from there. So you place the games, uh, or you buy a house, for example, for your game. You create the game, you buy the house, and then you place that uh, house on the world, which you or on the land that you own, and then players interact with that house to get launched into the game. And then you as a game designer or easy, like super easy game creator, you can issue NFTs or badges or even monetize from there. So you can allow players to, to play your creation and earn money like that. So that's kind of one way, one reason why we actually wanted to make the land system to kind of allow these developers and people who want to build on top of Axie to kind of have a platform
0: to build on. Uh, but that, as you say, that's kind of uh, quite a long way down the, down the line in terms of the vision. Um, in terms of where we are at the moment, you've done the land sale. Is it still going? I you yeah, to, uh, to, to to like talk a little bit about the land sale. So when I come to Lunasa itself, there
1: are 90,000 total plots in the world, a little bit over nine, 90,000. Um, we decided to uh, create this amount of land for the future, um, basically that we need to have... Uh, Players need to be able to buy land in the future, but it doesn't really make much sense to to have that at the beginning. So we divided the world into four quadrants and we decided to sell the first quadrant right now. And then when we see that different kinds of thing happen in the game, like we release all these things that a lot of people will start playing way more, or that there are some scaling things that hit that suddenly the blockchain is way more mainstream, then we can open different kind of quadrants for sale. Uh, but we needed to, to say that we cannot sell an immediate amount of, we cannot oversupply the market, because I think a lot of people who actually make blockchain games, they don't really think about it from a supply and demand perspective too much. They just, okay, we're going to sell these assets and yeah, maybe it goes well, maybe it doesn't. But from Axie Infinity, we always have this perspective of if we oversupply, then the value of the assets, they're probably not going to be worth anything at all. So we need to be very conscious uh, of how we design the token token economics, I guess. Because that's
0: what it's all about. Because mm, you, had, you know, basically had four different um, kind of rarities of land. Um, and I, get, I guess it happened kind of how you'd expect. The, the cheapest one sold out first, because that's how pricing works. And then the most expensive one sold out second, which is, in a sense, also, it seems counterintuitive. Kind of it actually, you know, there are people who kind of, if something takes off, then the, the the cheap ones going to sell out first because that's going to be where demand is. And then people go, well, this is the thing. And then people with a bit more money will come in and go, well, actually, they obviously the best ones to buy the most expensive ones. So they sell out second. Um, but I bought one of the second cheapest ones. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, But I guess uh, the other thing, I guess, maybe from a more cynical point of view, people think, you know, because you, you've not, as far as I know, done any fundraising. So how important is something like the land sale to your to, to the company continuing to run and having money to to kind of pay for dev costs?
1: I mean, it's very important.
0: Uh, I mean, so the
1: bear market last year was quite brutal, I think, for a lot of people in the space. And, uh, of course, for Axie Infinity, is no different. Um, we didn't really expect the prices to drop so hard, so we got a kind of a cold shower there. Uh, We've definitely been better at treasury management this time around. <laughs> so now we have a really good uh, amount of money that we can run the company for a long period of time. Uh, and we can also scale the company up with 10 employees right now. Looking to grow, we actually hired a new engineer uh, the other day uh, who is uh, only focused on, on game design. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, there are a lot of people who are raising capital right now or trying to raise capital. Uh, for Axie, we're seeing a lot of interest from investors, but I can't really go into details about that right now uh, because nothing uh, has really landed. But it's a very exciting time to be Axie Infinity, as you can imagine, with all the, all the momentum that we have. I mean, momentum is basically, yeah, once you start snowballing, you just you just don't stop. You just keep rolling, rolling, rolling and try to seize the opportunities as they come.
0: So talking a bit about momentum. Um, so it's still a kind of interesting case, I suppose, that I mean, I, I always say the blockchain game sector at the moment is kind of limited to, I, I would say, about 10,000 you know, active players, however you want to count kind of activity. So it's pretty small to a large degree. It's the industry playing the industry's own games. Um, how many people have played Axie and how, how would you kind of characterize your, your kind of user base at the moment?
1: Yeah, so from Axie Infinity's perspective, we don't believe in daily active users as much. Like we, there, there is so much uh, pumping of daily active users. In general, it's just a pointless metric because it, it doesn't make sense. What you need to actually look at is the, the amount of money that people are willing to put into your network and then how often they are checking in, I guess, from a maybe even monthly basis or interacting with your smart contracts long term. Um, so, so that's a really key thing that we count retention of how many people have actually been selling their assets. So how if they don't sell at all, if they just hold on, we count that as a, as a win pretty much instead of necessarily interacting with, with everything. But we also count how many people are actively uh, visiting our website, for example, checking in on their assets. It doesn't really matter if they, if they necessarily interact with everything just because the, the game in itself is, is in such a alpha or even beta stage. Uh, I think a lot of people need to kind of understand that, that, that all these games, most of the games are really very early uh, access. I don't think any game is finished at
0: this point in uh, blockchain games. But it's still, it's still, you know, the, the number is, is in the thousands. So, I mean, the big issue at the moment, I guess, that everyone suffers from is onboarding, and there's obviously different ways around it. Um, ha- do you have any, are you kind of happy with you where you are at the moment, or do you have kind of aggressive plans to kind of open up onboarding in, in a way that, that maybe doesn't involve... Uh, metamask or something like that yeah uh, so, so i mean i think it's a disaster right now i think the
1: the current onboarding there are so many roadblocks to actually mainstream success and of course the way that just that you have to use metamask in itself and also deal with uh, gas there these are just kind of the, the the top of the cake and then we're looking at uh, like for example how to optimize for for gas. That's something that, for example, game developers have to. Now we have these different kind of hybrid approaches uh, that a lot of people have stuff off-chain and then some people are on-chain, and that's actually the way it is for Axie Affinity right now. In the future, we see that most of the, the game logic is happening on layer two or even layer three. And right now we are working with Loom Network. We have been doing that for quite some time. I was actually just in Bangkok to, to talk with Matt, who is uh, one of the co-founders of Loom. Uh, They're doing something very interesting when it comes to layer two, which basically means interoperability between different kinds of blockchains. So if you want to secure your assets from, for example, if you, you want to use Tron, you can secure asset on Tron and then play on the second layer, which is basically Loom. And if you want to use EOS, uh, Ethereum, that's your choice. So we don't necessarily believe in being platform-dependent. like dependent. We want Axie Infinity to be platform-agnostic in the future. And then the only thing that you should be able to do is like you need to do is log in with your email. So right now we are land, for example. We're moving away from MetaMask and then letting people just log in with their email. So you can actually do that today. Uh, sign up with your email account. Just if, if you want to create a new wallet, you can do that. Sign up with email, and then you can actually uh, buy from Fiat Credit Card uh, use Nifty Gateway, and then get items minted onto a developer branch of Loom, um, which is kind of the first step. And then we see that we're going to be migrating all of land and items over to the mainnet plasma uh, chain. And then the next step is to uh, migrate over all axes from mainnet Ethereum to mainnet plasma uh, uh, chain. So that's kind of in the in the
0: pipeline. We're actually working on, a, on an updated roadmap uh, right now. I think it seems to be definitely from lots of different... Um aspects of, of blockchain i guess in the game side we, we've kind of started to see the start of this year people people going various different technologies to go between eos tron and, and ethereum um probably not i don't know how useful that is for for many games kind of retrospectively but obviously going forward it could be useful um, but i guess in the wider thing uh, uh, much more complex you've got these kind of chains like cosmos launching which very much uh, a, a kind of uh, a happier future, supposedly. I suppose of, of, of just kind of um, you know, the, 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 whatever chains. The chains don't really matter, and, and, the, and the basically everything kind of just lives on top of them. And, and maybe developers don't have to worry about it, but certainly users don't have to worry about it. Um, I mean, how, how quickly do these things? Things seem to move pretty quickly, and also things seem move quite slowly in the blockchain game space. It's kind of kind of odd, <laughs> odd world of, of extremes. I mean, how do you see twenty nineteen
1: playing out? I think you, you hit the nail on the head there when you say things seem to be moving quickly, but also slowly at the same time. It's a very weird statement, but it definitely resonates with me uh, just because that sometimes you have breakthroughs and then it turns out that they aren't really breakthroughs. We need to wait even longer. Um, but yeah, when it comes to 2019, I have faith in Loom. I do believe that we're going to see a, a layer two solution, which actually makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, and then like migrating all, all over, over all axes so we can actually start... Uh, ramping people directly from fiat into Axies themselves and then kind of taking it from there. So I think 2019 could potentially be the breakout year. I think maybe it's going to be maybe four or five months even, but of course it can happen that it, it takes even longer, but I mean, I, the truth is that we don't really know because sometimes there are breakthroughs, sometimes there are failures. I think anyone who says that, yeah, in six months we're going to all be bazillionaires or whatever. Well, I'm sorry. I just, that's not the way that I look at it at all. We need to be realistic, but also cautiously optimistic and then be ready to seize the amount of value and the, the, the people that are actually coming into the space in the future. So we need to just be ready. That's my, my motto right now.
0: I guess the issue can be, as you've kind of touched upon there, the, you can have these kind of actually quite big technological changes happening, but then it actually then it, it then takes time for that to kind of be reflected in products and then be reflected in marketing and then being reflected in actual kind of consumer facing, you know, <laughs> uh, kind of onboarding, you know, so all that kind of stuff. And it's almost impossible to, to judge. The technical stuff is easy to judge, I guess, or easier. The, the kind of how you... How the con- kind of consumer uh, anticipation or, or or acceptance changes is is pretty much impossible um, to judge. So I guess that's that sums up 2019 quite well. A lot of technical stuff's going to happen. Quite how quickly that flows through to um to consumers and gamers, um, we wait to see. Lovely. Well, I think that's uh, that's enough for now. It's a really good uh, to talk to you. I'm sure we will uh, talk again as the as the months go on and more things come to um, Axie Infinity. So thanks so much for your time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have, we have. I can actually kind of round it off by saying that our goal right now is to release uh, alpha version of land gameplay within May 22nd. So land and items will be tradable, and players will be able to attack other people or even other uh, players or enemies. So that should be coming quite quickly. We're reworking the, some parts of the, the the battle engine right now, so it should be easier also to to do that. Uh, we have a lot of cool stuff coming in the pipeline, but I can't really reveal everything here. But yeah. It was good to kind of uh, give a little bit more insight into into what's happening on more of the business side and kind of high level uh of the future of axie infinity so if you have anything else just feel free to let me ask me and uh, i guess maybe i'll see you if you're going to minsk for crypto games
0: yeah, yeah no i am um, i just had my talk accepted so uh, i will see you in minsk
1: yeah i'll also be presenting actually infinity there so good yeah.
0: and i'll uh in the podcast notes we'll put all the uh, all the links out to Axie Infinity and your uh, Psychout uh, 86 on uh, Twitter I think as well so we'll put that all in so if people want to get hold of yeah that's it right. thanks so much for your time and um, and uh, see you in a couple of weeks time yeah see you bye